If you're just joining us, we kicked off a brand new series last week that, we call, that we're calling Reply All. And basically what we did on Easter is we handed out all these different survey cards and we said, hey, listen, for our next sermon series, you're going to pick the topics. So we polled you and we took the, the five most asked questions and those are the sermons that I'm going to be uh, preaching on. So last week, the question that we answered is, how do I hear the voice of God? Now, this week is something that I am quite positive that many of you asked and uh, that many of you deal with. And it was this, help, I'm stressed out, what do I do with that? Anybody ever dealt with stress? <laughs> if you're not raising your hand, you're probably not alive um, we, we've all dealt with stress, right? So that's what I want to do this morning. I want to deal with the topic of stress. Before we do, let's pray. Father God, we're so thankful for who you are and what you want to do this morning. God, I just pray no matter how we came in here, whatever walls we've built up, or maybe we're feeling like, okay, I'm here because somebody invited me, but am I really going to get anything out of this? God, I just pray that you would speak to that person. In Jesus' name, amen. So when it comes to stress... I don't know if you know this, but worldwide, personal stress is going through the roof. So they did a survey years ago. In World War II, people were super stressed out for obvious reasons, right? We had a lack of resources. We were in a war. Now, we're not in a war, and we don't have lack of resources, and we're more stressed than we were in World War II. Um, suicide, the number one reason that people commit suicide today is due to stress. Um, psychologists actually believe, and many doctors actually believe, that the majority of chronic pain and fatigue and tiredness and you always feeling like you can never get enough sleep, anybody know what I'm talking about, is due to stress. So what I want to do in this sermon is I want to, the first half of it, I want to tell you why we're so stressed out and then hopefully give you some practical things and scriptural things that we can apply to our life to eliminate some things from our life so we don't have to be so stressed. But let's go first through the top seven things in life that stress us out. And I think everybody can relate with this. Number one, your job. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Your job. Number two, your bank account. Please help my bank account, Lord, <laughs> right? Your health. Another one is your relationships. How many of you have ever been stressed out over your relationships, your friendships, your marriage, your family, whatever it may be? Poor diet is also a reason for stress. Media overload. How many of you just read something, saw something on the news, or scrolled through something on Facebook, and it just made you depressed, right? Stressed. The seventh thing is a lack of sleep. How many of you ever say this, like, I just need one more hour? Anybody ever feel like that? The alarm clock goes off, and you're like, God, if you could just reverse the clock and give me about three more hours, that would be great. So those are the seven reasons in life. Now, I have one more that is just my personal opinion of why we're so stressed out. The other one is checking out at Walmart with kids. <laughs> Ask for that candy bar again, and I ain't going to be stressed because you're going to be dead. You know what I mean? <laughs> Now, now, here's the truth. The question that we all want to know, and I think it's why we asked this question when we polled you, is how do I keep from being so stressed out? One of the reasons that people are so stressed is because the world is constantly offering more. And we have bought into this consumeristic mentality that we never have enough. So you know this with your phone. You get the new upgrade, 
And then all of a sudden you see your friend who got the better upgrade and you're like, mine sucks. <laughs> right? Our generation, listen to this, this is crazy. Our generation is going to work 180 hours more than the previous generation. So what does that mean? It means we don't value sleep. We're working an extra month in a 12-month period. Well, how are we doing that? There's only 12 months in the year. How are we working 13 months? We're not sleeping. (laughs) We're not sleeping eight to nine hours a day. In other words, people don't value sleep or rest anymore. The truth is 80% of mothers feel overloaded and stressed. 80% of mothers say they live sleep deprived. And if you have children, you said amen, right? And the truth is today, I think many of you ask that question because you're wanting me to help you cope with stress. And I'm just going to get this off my chest real quick. I'm not going to help you cope with stress. Because here's the truth. The reason that you're stressed is you're doing too many things and you're going to have to eliminate some things. So what I want to do prayerfully and hopefully is allow the Holy Spirit to begin to pull some things deeply out of you to begin to convict you about some things that you're doing that you probably shouldn't be doing. Because here's the entire point of the sermon. You're stressed because you're doing too much. (laughs) You're doing too much. Everything that you're trying to accomplish in one day does not fit in 12 hours of daylight. It doesn't work. So another way to put it would be this, is what you're doing might be doable, but it's not sustainable. So the pace that you're running at now, you're going, oh, I can do that, but you won't be able to do that five years from now. You won't be able to be a good wife. You won't be able to be a good husband. You won't be able to follow the Lord as you ought to if you keep running at the pace that you're running. If you keep going at the pace that you're going, eventually it will destroy your life. This is what Job says in uh, chapter 9, verse 25. My days go by faster than a runner. You ever had this day where it just goes by so fast? You're like, where did all the time go? Now, here's the tragedy. Watch what he says. My days go by faster than a runner. They flew away without my seeing any joy. See, the problem when you live a stressed out life is you're a human being that is just breathing, but you have no joy or peace. And can I just tell you something? That is not the life that God has intended you to live. He wants you to know him. He wants you to live a life of peace. He wants you to live a life of joy. So you might be accomplishing a bunch of stuff during the day, but I promise you your body is going to give out at some point. Your physical and mental health is going to give out at some point. So let's answer four things. Why are we so busy? Why are we doing so much. I got four reasons. Number one, we have too many choices. We have too many choices. You ever sit down at the restaurant menu and they're like, hey, we just published this novel. It's also known as our menu. (laughs) It's got like 27 pages and they're like, they come back a minute later, which do you know what you want to eat? You're like, I haven't even gotten to chapter one yet, right? I'm still looking, trying to figure it out. I remember when I was growing up, when you played video games, like the only option I had was Duck Hunter and Super Mario. That was it. And I was really good at Duck Hunter because I stuck the gun right at the screen. Pow! Right? Now today, man, we have endless amounts of apps. Kids have thousands of games. If you don't like real pets, you can download a virtual pet. That is just weird, right? 
We have so many options of things that we can do. So many things that distract and rob our time, right? The second thing is this. There is too much social pressure. Most of us are not living the lives we want to live. We're living the life that everybody else wants us to live. We're stressed out because we fear telling people no because they won't like us. So we end up saying yes to everybody to be approved by people that we don't even like. (laughs) Or maybe you give in the social pressure because you see somebody else on Instagram or Facebook living this perfect life and you're trying to keep up. You buy a car you can't afford, and now you're stressed out because you've got to work an extra day to pay for the car that you now can't afford. You buy a house that you think that will make you happy because everybody in your social circle has that type of house, so you need that type of house. You're trying to keep up with your boss. You're trying to keep up with your friend. You're trying to keep up with your parents. You have all this social pressure. And the third thing is this. We believed we could have it all. Young people want what their parents want right now, don't they? And here's the problem. Most young people have what their parents have. But the problem with this is this. You live stressed because Americans are spending 127% of their income. Meaning you're spending money you don't have. 127%. So why are we stressed? Because we're in so much debt, right? And now we're having to put in the long hours. We're having to work the extra week. The day off that we should have is now filled with finding some other type of job because we're having to pay for all the stuff that we've accumulated. The fourth thing is we believed we could do it all. We believed that we could just get it all done. Can I I lovingly tell some of you something? And I've had to learn this the hard way. Some of you are overestimating your abilities. And it's going to cost you big time in the future. Some of you are just like, well, I'm just really good at just always doing stuff. If you run yourself five years from now, you won't be able to run at that pace. Eventually, your mental health is going to take a toll. Eventually, your body is going to catch up with you. And you're not going to be able to run at the pace that you're used to running at. So what do we do with all this stress? Because here's what I'm not going to do this morning. I'm not going to give you a coping mechanism. Because that's what our culture and society is looking for. Doc, give me the pill. Fix me. I want a quick fix, right? So the quick fix is not like drink a bunch of NyQuil at night and you'll be rested. The quick fix is not have an extra glass of wine at night. It's not that. What is it? If you want to eliminate stress in your life, you're going to have to evaluate your life and you're going to have to come to the realization that you're stressed with the life that you're living now. So something has to change. If you want to remove stress, you can no longer live the current life that you're living. So what I want to do is I want to look at some biblical practices that will hopefully help us think internally about our practices and the way that we operate and the way that we act. Before we dive into the practicals, two things. Number one is this. It's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does. So meaning this, the wisdom of life comes in the elimination of non-essentials. If you want to do more of what matters, you have to do less of what doesn't. If you want to do more of what matters, you have to do less of what doesn't. As Americans, this seems crazy though, right? As Americans, we go, no, 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 less is not good. More is good. So meaning this, one Gotro's donut is good, but two is better, right? 
One dollar is good, but two is better. One car is good, but two is better. One wife is good, but two is not better. (laughs) I heard a joke the other day. It said a, a student in seminary asked his professor, he said, Professor, why in the Old Testament was Solomon allowed to have so many wives? And he said, son, that's an easy question to answer in hopes that one would wake up in a good mood in the morning. That's why. <laughs> it's a joke. Um, <laughs> some women are like, that's not funny at all. <laughs> Especially my wife. She's like, you'll pay for that one later. But so many of us are stressed because we, what is the number one reason that we use? I'm so stressed because I don't have enough what? Time. I don't have enough time. I got so many things to do, and I don't have enough time. And listen to me. That is the greatest lie that you can believe. Watch this. As Americans, these statistics are for Americans, okay? As Americans, you are going to eat out 14,411 times in your lifetime. That is 1,811 trips to McDonald's. Watch. This statistic is staggering. Watch this. You're going to spend 13 years and 14 months watching TV. 13 13 years, almost basically 14 years of your life is going to be spent watching TV. And we say we don't have enough time. You're going to spend five years, this one frustrates me, waiting in line. You're going to spend five years waiting in line. You're going to spend one year looking for misplaced items. <laughs> I've spent about 10. <laughs> so so what, why do I say all this? You have plenty of time. It's just going into the wrong things. You have plenty of time. We are just putting it in the wrong places. Watch what Solomon says in Ecclesiastes 4, verse 6. He says, better is one hand with tranquility, translated as peace, than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. So here's what he's saying. If you were to interpret that scripture, he's saying this. It's better to have a little bit of stuff in the stuff that I can get by with and makes me happy than have two hands tied behind my back. I got all this stuff, but I got nothing free. So it's good to go. I need this and I've always got this hand free. So it's better to live by design and not by default. We're designed to run a race, but we have to learn to stay in our lanes. So I want to show you a graphic. Josh, throw up that first energy graphic. This is what most of us look like. So during the day, during this 12-hour day, you have this certain pace that you, you have enough energy that you can give to get you through the day. The problem is you've said yes to all the wrong people and your energy is being expended 27 million different ways. So this is, you got one kid in little league baseball, you got another kid in basketball, you're the over the mom coaches group and you're working a second job and you're going driving all the way over here. You're doing all these things. They might be good things, but it's sucking you dry. And at the end of the day, when you get home and your wife or your husband is saying, I want to connect with you, you got nothing left. Why? Because you've expended your energy. Some of them are good things. But there's a whole lot of things that don't necessarily have to be on there. 
There are things that we like to do, but usually it's not time to do them yet. So we have to learn to go to this next graphic. If you throw up the other one, our energy has to look like a straight line. So meaning this, there are things in our life that we have to do that God has designed us to do. And then there are other extra things that sometimes as long as we are expending our energy in the right way, sometimes we can add them on and it's not going to derail us and it's not going to take us off course. So, So meaning this, a few times, at least two, two times, and my wife can tell you this, at least two times in the past two years, I've gotten personally invited to go to England. Now, I would love to do this. I want to do this. I am not at a stage in life to be able to say, hey, babe, I'm going to England. You have the kids for three weeks. Enjoy your time. <laughs> so it's a good thing. It's something that could be beneficial. It's something that could help other people, but it's not the right time. So it's looking at it and going, yes, there's a whole lot of things that I want to do. I would love to be chair of the Little League. I would love for my son to play this sport or whatever. I would love to run over here and have this other job. Maybe you have all these things that you want to do, but you have to ask yourself the question, is it the right time? Is it the right time to do these things? Because if, hear me, if you don't prioritize your life, somebody else will. If you don't know what is important to, if you don't, you, you know the things in your life that is not going to drain you. So here's what this means, and this is the hard part. You have to be a professional at telling people no. Now, why don't we tell people no? We don't tell people no because we fear that they won't like us. <laughs> and we desperately crave their approval, Right? But the problem is it seems like everybody else has a plan for your life except for you. And what ends up happening is you get expended and stretched all these different ways. And you find yourself burnt out. You find yourself depleted. You find yourself overwhelmed. You find yourself stressed. You find yourself not sleeping at night. Psalms 139.16 puts it this way. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. What does that mean? It means that God has a very intentional and specific plan for your life. But if you stay so stressed and so busy, you'll miss it. You'll miss it. So let me say it to you this way. It's better to get the right things done, not more things done. It's better to get the right things done. Meaning like, you know what? I'm going to say no to that because if I say yes to that, when I get home, I'm going to be depleted and I won't be able to give attention to my wife. I won't be able to give attention to my kids. So I'm going to say no to that. And it's not because I don't love you. It's not because I don't like you. It's because I have to be intentional about my time. Proverbs 17, 24 puts it this way. An intelligent person aims at wise action, but a fool starts off in many directions. So a fool says, you know what? I got all these things that I want to do, and guess what? I can do them all. But a wise man says, you know what? I got all these things that I want to do, but right now I got to focus on this one straight path, one thing at a time. One thing at a time. So I just spent time exposing why we're so stressed, and some of you are like, great, that's where I'm at. Now what do I do, right? Well, let's start with Hebrews 12.1. Hebrews 12.1 says this, let us throw off everything that hinders us. 
and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run perseverance, the race marked out for us. So this is how we eliminate and alleviate stress in our life. What are the things that are causing you the most stress, and can you eliminate them? So number one, I want to give you some practicals. How do, we, how do we know to get to a place to eliminate these things? Number one, regularly take inventory of your life. We need to learn to stop. We need to learn to take inventory. We need to learn to get to a place where we evaluate our heart and ask ourselves this question. Am I in the right activities? Not are you in the, you might be in the activities that you even enjoy. You might like it. Is it the right time? Is it the right season? Is it really good for you to run around all over the place every day off? Can I tell you something? And this is going to, people will not like this, and they don't like this every time I say it. I just, I want you to, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing. I just want you to think about it. Think about this. If you work Monday through Friday, Monday through Friday, and then your Saturday is completely devoted to your kids. So you're running around to baseball game, to basketball game, all this kind of stuff. And then Sunday, you wake up and you go to church, you take a nap, and then you start all over again. Where in the world do you personally get any refreshment? You don't. A marriage that, I'm just telling you this, you, you won't like this, but a marriage that is centered around your children will not last. It won't. My kids are so valuable and so important to me. But if they want a good dad, they need a dad who loves their mom. So that means that you have to have some margin in your week where your life is not revolved around kids. They say that the number one, the number one reason that parents get a divorce is when their kids move out of the house, they have nothing to connect on. It's just like, well, the baseball games are over. Basketball games are over. Now what do we have in common? <laughs> well, actually nothing. Right? So they move on. Now it's crazy. Maybe some of you have experienced this, but usually when somebody dies, we begin to ask ourselves tough questions, right? Especially if that person was close to you. You begin to evaluate your own life and you begin to say, whoa, whoa, am I ready? <laughs> or are there things that I need to, if like that was me laying in the casket, would I have done everything that I wanted to do? Would I have said everything that I wanted to say? Am I ready? This is the question that we have to ask ourselves daily. Why am I stressed? Learn to regularly take inventory. So this means for my wife and I, we, we're not, we try to do it as best as we can. I take Mondays off and thank the Lord right now. I have all kids are in school on Monday. So it's just her and I, and we try to take that time where we put our phones aside, we spend some time together, we also spend time by ourselves to evaluate, take inventory of our own heart. So what does that mean for us? It means that we go and we eat really good food, we have good conversation, we talk deeply, and then we spend some time by ourselves to pursue the Lord and go, okay, God, is there anything in my life that is not pleasing? Is there things that I need to change? Or we try to dive into, man, I've been so stressed this week. Why is that? Are you leaving time to evaluate your heart? Because Proverbs 4.23 says it this way, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Meaning, guard your heart. When you're stressed, it's not random. It doesn't just come out of you. 
So let me put it to you this way. Nothing in your life, nothing stays where you left it. So you maybe you had one day where you pursued, you pursued the Lord and you're like, man, we connected. It's not going to stay there. Like I can't go to my wife and say, hey, remember that romantic vacation that we had in Cancun five years ago? Just remember that. And then not try to connect with her anymore, right? It doesn't work that way. Because nothing stays where you left it. If you had one intimate moment with the Lord, guess what? You got to wake up and you got to do it all over again. Because if you just leave it there, what happens? Now you have an overgrown garden that is more work to tend to, right? But here's the problem. Some of us, and this leads me to point two. So you take inventory and begin to realize the things that are stressing you out. Now you have to get bold, which leads me to point number two. You have to make tough decisions. You have to make tough decisions. So now you're going to have to look at your life and go, oh, oh no, i got to cut that out. And sometimes if you cut that out, that means that you've got to hurt somebody or you're going to offend somebody. But some of us would rather people like us than do the right thing. And this is what we have to be so careful of because we spend our lives trying to please people that we don't even like. <laughs> right? Oh, well, yes, I'll stay over the little league chair and I'll run all this and organize. And it's killing you, right? It's stressing you out. But the truth is the quality of your life would be so much better if you were willing to make the decision to let go. To let go. So what do I mean like by tough decisions? This may mean this, and some of you are not going to like this. Sell your car. Wait, 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 what? Sell my car? So let me ask you this. Some of us, and just being honest, we're driving cars that we can't afford. And the reason that we're working another day in the week is to pay for a car that we can't even afford. And so we're stressed. It's like, man, I never get a day off because I have to work. Well, why do you have to work on your day off? Because I got a $700 car note. Right? I'm not saying that's a bad thing. If you can afford it, go for it. That's awesome. But listen, we have to realize that there are things in our own life that we're actually causing our stress. It's like, I'm so stressed because I got no money. It's like, oh, I'm living in a house I can't afford. I bought a car I can't afford. I got clothes that I can't afford. I look good, but I'm broke. (laughs) Right? Life would would be better without a $600 car note, wouldn't it? So making tough decisions. And some of it, we hear those things like, I don't like that, Pastor. I don't believe that is biblical. (laughs) I don't believe that is the Lord's will for my life. Listen, you're going to stay stressed. You're going to stay stressed. this This was not fun. I didn't enjoy this. It was just where Claire and I were at it. For the first five years of our marriage, we drove one car. You know how annoying that is? Hey, can you drop me off at work? Hey, can you pick me up over here? Hey, can you? That's annoying. But do the hard things now so that you can live less stressfully later. Because here's the truth. You might might have the nice car. You might have the nice house. 
But in the end, if those are the things that are killing you from being able to connect and have intimate relationships and have peace and joy, is it really worth it? If you will learn to say no now, you will trade popularity for respect. So you say yes now, you got, you got popularity, you got the car, you got the house, you're keeping up with the Joneses, but I promise you this, if you say no now, you'll trade popularity for respect because people know, you know what? He cares about his family more than he does about his possessions. The reason they say no The reason he can't show up at your birthday party on Saturday is because he's fishing with his kid, right? So this, my wife and I, this is a hard decision that we we had to make years ago. It's a hard decision for us. One of the things that would stress us out, or or one of the thought of, of it, we just made a decision when we had our first child, our children do not have sleepovers at other people's houses. Just don't, unless it's the grandkids. Or unless it's my grandparents. And it's not that we don't trust anybody. It's just we don't trust anybody. <laughs> That's a joke. But, but the truth is, it's why? Because it's thinking about, I don't know it. I don't know them that well. And there are certain people that we do because we trust them. But it's making that tough decision, right? So that means that there's been kids that have come, hey, can you sleep at my house? And I have to go, hey, no, he's not. And I know what that parent's thinking. Oh, they're just stuck up. They think I'm not good enough. It's like, you can think that all you want. This is a decision that I've made, and I'm going to sleep really well at night. (laughs) Are you willing to do the hard things so that you're not stressed? Because Psalms 90.12 says this. Teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Watch this next part. Help us spend them as we should. How many know life is short? Man, I look at my kids. I, I have a 10-year-old. I'm like, what happened? Like, you, where did, where, what? <laughs> Sometimes it's easier to say yes. Sometimes it's easier to go, you know what? I don't want to offend that person, so yes, I'll do it. But the truth is, some of us are so stressed out because we say yes to everything. So this leads me to point three. Focus on what matters most. There's nothing wrong with doing extra things. Just do the important things first. So don't hear me like I'm not against having a hobby. I'm not against you having a nice car. I I would hope that God would allow you to have those things. Like that's awesome. It's, it's, It's us getting things in priority. It's going, okay, right now, can I buy a car? Yes, but I need to save money so that I'm not stressed later, right? Most of us are stressed because we unintentionally prioritize the things that don't matter most. We unintentionally give all of our time and energy energy to social media. We unintentionally give all of our time and energy to hobbies. And we forget about family. We forget about God. We forget about church. We forget about our faith. We forget about all these things. This is why Matthew 6.33 says it this way, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all the other things will be added to you. (laughs) So now the question is this, what matters most? What matters most? 
if we don't really want to be stressed, we've got to get to this place where we can eliminate things. Well, then if I start eliminating things, then how do I know what things are the most important? I'm going to give you three things, and I'm going to be done. Number one, God matters. God matters. Every single person, including myself, in this room will one day face the Lord. And who you spend eternity with will depend on how much God matters to you. Here's what i got to remind myself. I don't want to miss eternity because I had my head stuck in social media. I don't want to miss God's voice because I was distracted. Luke 12, 15 puts it this way. Then Jesus said to them, watch out. Be on guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. How many, I have to remind myself of this all the time. I I told this to the first service. How many have ever driven to Baton Rouge and you drive over the bridge that goes over the Mississippi? It's not the Mermintal. (laughs) It's Mississippi. So I, I remember years ago when you drive over this bridge, when you would look to the right, they would have this barge that was full of crushed cars. Like cars that had, had all the interior pulled out of them and they were just stripped down to the metal and they were going to be melted. And every time I would drive over that bridge, it was a reminder of my car, the thing that I worked hard to get, is one day going to be there. Think about it this way. All the possessions that you own, that you work so hard to get, will one day be in the trash. You ever like work so hard and you finally get the new phone and then you drop it and you're like, that sucks. (laughs) You just spent so much money and now it's got a big old lovely crack down it. Everything that we work so hard to possess, we don't get to keep in the end. We don't get to keep in the end. Watch what Luke 20 says, Luke 12, 20 through 21. But God said to him, you fool. This night, your very life will be demanded from you. He's, he's making a hyperbole, a big statement. One day, you're going to come to a place where life is over. Then you will get what you have prepared yourself for. This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich towards God. So think about it this way. Be rich in God rather than rich in stuff. At the end of the day, when you're old and gray, your bank account's not going to matter. It's just not. God must be at the top of your list. It's not about doing good things. It's not even about going to church, although that's extremely important. It's does God matter most? See, it bothers me when we try to prioritize things. In this type of way. God first, family second. That doesn't work. In your life, God is the center and the focus of your life. And everything should revolve around that. Meaning that he is what drives every decision that you make. Everything that you do is driven by your love and your connection for the Lord. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a tear thing. It's God is the focus. Philippians 3 says it this way, but whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. 
What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing God. For whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. Listen, this is our aim in life. It's okay to have nice stuff. God's not against that. I'm not against that. But it's going, do we have our priorities in line where God is our focus? So what matters? God matters. Number two, people matter. People matter. Meaning everything else will burn, but people will live forever and eternity. Think about it this way. Everything that you've worked so hard for will one day go away. (laughs) And maybe some of us have actually experienced this in our life. Maybe you had one season of your life where you had everything that you thought that you needed, and then boom, a series of circumstances happen, and now you're reduced to almost nothing, but you're happier. (laughs) Here's the truth. You probably can't name the last five messages that I've teached here. But you can name 10 people who have impacted your life. You can name 10 people who have made a significant difference in your life. Why? Because people matter. The Bible can be summed up in one entire thought in Galatians 5, 13 through 15. It says this, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. I love how it puts it in this uh, version. It says, you keep on biting and devouring each other. Watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. You will be destroyed by each other. I tried to read this verse to my one-year-old who was biting everybody. It didn't work. (laughs) I took it literal. I turned around at Lowe's the other day. I was looking for um, some cabinet fixtures, and Timmy, who's sitting on the front row, is screaming like bloody murder. And I look, and my one-year-old Caroline is biting his back, and is just on it like a leech. (laughs) I tried to read this verse. It didn't go that well. But the truth is your life is better with people. And can I dare to say this? It's better with the right people. Listen to me. There are people that add value to your life. Hang out with them. There are people that bring you down and constantly put you in a negative headspace. Cut them off. I know that sounds harsh. And I'm not saying like, my pastor said to cut you off. You're done. Don't, don't do that. It's <laughs> a gracious and loving way to do this, okay? Who are the people that add value to you? Listen, at the end of the day, can I just say this? At the end of the day, when you've got only moments left to live and you're about to breathe your final breath, You're not going to say this. I wish I would have had a bigger house. I wish I had a little bit more money in the bank. No, here's what you're going to say. I wish I would have spent more time with my wife. I wish I would have took my son fishing one more time. I wish I wouldn't have held on to bitterness in that relationship and now I'm dying knowing that that relationship was never mended. That's what you're going to say. That's what you're going to hold on to. You're not going to care about your car. You're not going to care about your motorcycle. You're not going to care about any of that stuff. Your life is better with people. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says it this way. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. 
God matters, people matters, and let me, let me close with this. Number three, eternity matters. Eternity matters. These are the three things that we should frame everything through, and everything else that we're adding on is going to stress you out. Matthew 13, puts it this way. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold everything he had bought. I love this picture, because what does he do? He's strolling along on a field, he digs, and he finds endless amounts of treasure. And he goes, oh my gosh, this is more than enough that I'll need for lifetimes. So what does he do? He goes back home, he sells everything that he has, and he knows it's not a risk. Because when I get that field, I'm going to have everything that I've ever wanted. That's what eternity is like. That's what the kingdom of heaven is like. That you give everything. You go, you know what, God? I'm trusting in you because when I give everything over to you, I already get everything that I've ever wanted and needed. So let me say it to you this way. Life is short and eternity is long. Life is short and eternity is long. God says it in the scriptures that our life is like the width of our hand. It's like the snap of a finger. And we get so bogged down by all the stress that we deal with in the 80, 90, however many years you have on this earth. And then at the end of the day, we forget to think, hold on, I'm going to live forever. And at the end of the day, that's where I want it to count. The truth is many people don't start well or many people actually start well, they don't end well. And I'm just here to tell you this morning, maybe you didn't start off that well and that's okay. God just wants you to end well. So maybe that starts off with making a decision to completely and fully follow him today. To say, you know what God, maybe I have a past, maybe I have some things and I didn't start off too well. I had some bumps, I had some bruises, I went through some things that, man, I wish that I could have taken back. So maybe we didn't start off that well. Maybe you got a history. Maybe you got some things in in, in your cards that you're not proud of. Here's the good news in all of that. God's going, "I'm, I'm not concerned how you start, son, daughter. I'm concerned how you end. Will you finish the race? Will you be able to repeat like Paul said? Man, I finished the race. I know that I'm going to end well. So that one day when you lay on that bed and you breathe your final breath and everything flashes before you, that God mattered, that people mattered, and eternity mattered. Listen to me, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. At the end of the day, you're not going to care what type of car you have, what kind of house you had, how good of a life you gave your kids. You're not going to care about that. You're going to go, you know what? I didn't do everything that I always wanted to do. I wasn't a perfect person. But I can tell you this. I'm going to end. I don't have shame. I don't have guilt. And I don't have regrets. Because I know that I, I was the best father that I could be. I was the best mother that I could be. I fell in love with Jesus. I didn't always do things perfectly. But I followed him. And because of that, Watch this. You leave a legacy. People remember the name Billy Graham not because he had all this stuff. 
See, here's how you determine what matters most. A hundred years from now, will it matter? Will it matter? I guarantee you what Billy Graham did will matter a hundred years from now. One day he'll be able to get to heaven and people will look at him and say, because you preached the gospel faithfully, I'm here today. Maybe you may not have the privilege and opportunity that he had to preach to millions, but guess what? You do have a sphere of influence and maybe your son and your daughter will say, I'm in eternity today because you fought for me. Maybe your neighbor will say, I'm in eternity today. At the end of the day, that is what matters most. So I just want to challenge you. Let's end well. Don't allow shame and guilt and regret to keep you from starting. Maybe you didn't get the start that you wanted. Maybe you didn't grow up in the family that you wanted. You're like, God, why didn't I get born to the rich lady down the street? <laughs> right? That's, that's okay. It's the best news about Jesus. He says, wherever you're at, you can come to me. <laughs>